Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we're taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the globe. It's Tuesday, so we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that CollisionConf has to offer. So sit back, relax and listen in. We'll be hearing from leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. Thank you, Anne and uh, Governor, for joining us today to talk about 5G and education. Um, I'm going to launch straight into the questions. So, um, Anne, you're working with several universities, including uh, Purdue, uh, University of Missouri, and Connecticut, to name a few, in order to bring 5G to college campuses. Can you tell us why universities are leaning into this uh, now at this particular point in time? Uh, Matt, thanks so much for uh, having me here. It's an honor to be here with you and the governor. So, you know, quite simply, as we think about what has happened in the world over this past year, learning environments have drastically changed, right? And so we now know that we've really got to take a different view in terms of how we think about differentiation and most critically, innovation. And really the primary driver, I would say, for our engagements with various higher ed institutions across the country is really this passion for innovation, right? You know, we, we have learned together as a society that the pace of innovation um, is simply accelerating, right? I mean, none of us could have predicted the impacts of this past year. And, you know, our higher ed institutions and partners and clients are realizing that the role that they're going to play in terms of innovation, um, what they've got to do to create within their campuses and on their campuses are uniquely differentiated to help accelerate and drive breakthroughs in learnings. What I would also say is that this notion of innovation is really about growth, ultimately economic growth, growth in partnerships, growth in collaboration, and growth in the environment of how they're enabling their students and their faculty uh, to drive uh, progress and success going forward. Now, obviously it's been quite a big challenge on all fronts with the pandemic. Um, and, and no less with education as well. What are the biggest challenges and opportunities when it comes to facilitating 5G learning? Yeah, so, so some of the challenges um, have really been about this you know, realization around the collaboration being critical, right? This is not just simply about tech, right? Tech is intellectually interesting, but if there is not application of human capital and insight and wisdom and iteration. It is really that marriage between and that intersection of uh, people and technology, which 5G will help to unleash along with edge computing and other uh, types of, of technologies. You know, I think you know, we've all heard the term that 5G will trigger um, and bring on the, the next industrial revolution. And that is something that we at at t are incredibly uh, passionate about. We're really excited uh, with our collaboration with the University of Connecticut, the governor here, um, as well as other, uh, you know, other clients and institutions across the country. Now, Governor, I'd like to bring you in on that point. Um, you know, what, what Anne mentions about um, innovation on University of Connecticut's campus. Um, obviously, it's a very exciting prospect. Um, I wondered what plans for, for the technology excites you the most as you think about the student body and the Stanford community and more broadly, the state of Connecticut? Um, absolutely, Matt, thank you. And uh, Anne, great to be with you. And uh, Thank you, AT&T, for uh, looking at UConn Stanford. This is going to be an amazing difference. I'll pick up where Ann left off. I mean, this last year, uh, our world went virtual. And uh, that started with learning. And it started with us getting hundreds of thousands of uh, 
uh, laptops and Chromebooks out to kids who couldn't go to the classroom for six months. And I think that tele-learning, virtual learning is gonna be with us forever. And the 5G makes a difference there. And what you're doing with uh, at UConn Stanford is uh, gives us an opportunity to be at the innovative ground floor. Uh, I come out of the cable TV world. Uh, you guys uh, lapped us. I thought we'd need wire to deliver video for a long time. I, I sold my company to a wireless company. I gave up. And uh, I see now what 4G did and I know what 5G can do. And uh, thanks to AT&T and the UConn Stanford uh, collaboration, I think we're gonna be innovator, entrepreneurs, and AT&T is gonna help our instructors, help young people see the full potential of 5G. Now, what you're doing at UConn is a very unique private-public collaboration. Um, I wondered if you could uh, tell us how this feeds into America's needs around connectivity and the innovation around it. Uh, I think UConn can't do this by itself. Well, we don't have that technology expertise. We get that through a partnership with AT&T, which is um, you know, helping us take the lead there. So we're going to have one of the very first 5G deployments. And um, uh, give us a little transponder in so we can provide some uh, free Wi-Fi hotspots in and around UConn so other people can experiment as well. Uh, I just think it. I have no idea where this is going to go in terms of self-driving cars, in terms of remote surgery. I see what 4G accomplished and imagine what this can do on steroids. And uh, I'm not the right generation, perhaps, to figure out what that's going to be. But work with AT&T and our young people at UConn, we're going to have that chance. And, and Matt, you mentioned um, the public-private partnership where we have uh, synchrony that does it a lot in terms of electronic payments. Of course, we have a lot of other finance. We have a lot of digital media, um, CNBC, WWE. So I see a lot of other collaboration with the private sector to help jumpstart what uh, we're trying to do with 5G and Stanford. Um, Anne, I'd like to also ask you the same question. How, how does mm -hmm. it how does what AT&T is doing feed into America's needs, do you think? What's, what's, what are things like from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Matt, what I would say is, um, you know, one of the things that uh, has really come to the forefront over this past year, really around the world, is the importance of connection, right? And AT&T's business is all about creating connection. And we mean that both literally and figuratively, right? You know, we can't even imagine together just even here what what this would be like, right? What our lives would have been like if we did not have the power of connectivity. You know, one of the things that I, that I like to say, because I feel it to be so true, is I wish early on in the pandemic that we didn't say social distancing, because what we really meant was, was physical distancing, right? We knew and we realized that now more than ever, we need the power of social connection. We need the power of human connection, you know, and this has really risen to the forefront. So the needs to ensure that connectivity is, you know, accessible, available, um, you know, um, by all communities around, you know, around the country. You know, you, we've heard discussions about the digital divide. We've heard discussions about the homework gap, right, and learning. You know, of course, here we're talking with the governor around um, higher education, but from a K through 12 perspective, right? You know, we have seen communities of color and underserved communities disproportionately be impacted by the lack of access you know, to connectivity. And so the criticality of how we approach um, solving this and moving forward is really about being better together 
you know, Matt, I, you know, I'm proud to share some of uh, the audience here may, may or may not be aware, but, but AT&T actually has a one-of-a-kind, very unique, groundbreaking public-private partnership with the federal government in service of public safety and our first responders in our FirstNet offerings, right? And so we know that public partner private partnerships in investment in infrastructure and here with Yukon and, and the governor and, and um, the state um, around innovation will be critical to helping us navigate together what this future um, can be both for consumers and businesses and really for um, all, all communities. So that's, that's, our, that's our lens on uh, the role that uh, that we play today, the role that we can play, and the really critical nature of public-private partnerships. Yeah, and and sort of feeding into that, I mean, uh, you know, the nature of public partnerships and the the, the critical nature of of, of connectivity. Um, what do you think are the biggest takeaways, both from the the PP approach in terms of you know the benefits and the challenges? And, and in what way do you think you can apply those lessons at a national or perhaps even a global scale for you know, educational organizations and institutions outside of the US? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, I'll first piggyback off of something that the governor said, right? Which is, um, you know, not, there is not one entity or one sector that has the monopoly on talent, right? That has the monopoly on intellectual you know, capital, if you will, right? And so um, it is so important for us to, let's say, remove the barriers which may exist on, hey, research is only done in a particular way. Innovation and invention is only done in a particular way. You know, as I mentioned earlier, the, uh, the conception to delivery cycles of solutions, of products, of services, of technologies um, is significantly compressed, right? And what we have seen is that this cycle of, let's try something, let's see if it's successful. Um, if it's not, we gotta try something else, right? That, that, that cycle is continuing to accelerate um, in so many different ways. Um, and so I wanna give kudos to, you know, to, to the governor because he actually has been one of the great early champions of 5G, right? Really recognizing that the importance to his state and his his communities, um, including uh, you know the the institutions, the educational institutions, is very much foundational because you know robust connectivity infrastructure and services are foundational to enabling all that we've talked about across every sector, across every community. Um, and so, you know, we, we just see some, some great, uh, you know, some great opportunities together to redefine, um, you know, healthcare, you know, you know, far beyond telemedicine, but remote patient monitoring. And what are those new, you know, what are those new use cases that may come to be in terms of pain management, um, you know, mental health management, uh, you know, autonomous vehicles, of course, is the one, you know, sort of very, uh, very cachet, right, um, application that, you know, that many have talked about over the years because of the characteristics around 5G with increased speeds, improved latency, and mass connectivity. But in order to have autonomous vehicles, right, you've got to have smart cities, right, um, and you've got to have that infrastructure in place. And so um, you, you start seeing this forging of public Right, public organizations, agencies, decision makers, innovators with private decision makers, organizations, agencies. Um, and there's no question that 5G is really that intersection that will, um, I think, really fuse us together. And again, I'm so grateful to, to the governor and his team and the Yukon team, I mean, aggregate for this opportunity really to showcase 
um, what I believe will be one of the key models um, for future growth. And then Governor, I'd like to, to bring you in on the same question about the sort of the, the attractiveness of the public private uh, approach from your perspective and whether you think there are lessons that, that can also be applied for other states and, and perhaps other decision makers across the globe. Yeah, look, I'm state government. I don't know how to expand 5G to every corner of the state of Connecticut. I can't do that without uh, AT&T and their, and their peers, but I'll, I'll pick up where Ann left off. Look, Connecticut's an amazing state, a lot of small towns, small cities. We're sort of in between Boston and, um, and New York City. So two and a half years ago, and you're right, I was a champion for 5G. I said, I want to make damn sure that everything you can do in Brooklyn, New York, you can do in Brooklyn, Connecticut. And now on the backside of this pandemic, where we have thousands of people moving to Connecticut, they realize they don't have to be in New York City five days a week or Boston five days a week, but it only works if you're in Willimantic, Connecticut or Bridgeport, Connecticut, if you have a really good high-speed connection so you can stay connected that way. So for me, that's why it's incredibly important that I get 5G distributed throughout our state. And um, you know, frankly, work with AT&T, one of the first things we did was we made Metro North, our first 5G um, you know, commuter rail, so that those, uh, those bankers wouldn't have to waste their time in the long route in New York City. Now they can do it from home. And Anne, um, as you think about the, the future of AT&T's workforce, uh, mm -hmm. what, what do you think excites you the most about university students utilizing 5G in their curriculums uh, and with specialized labs like UConn? Yeah, oh gosh, there's so many things. I, and I, I want to um, I really want to reinforce something that the governor just said, because I think this is really at the core of unleashing the potential of, of 5G, right? You know, again, what we've learned and experienced has been this detachment between the physical world and the digital world, right? And the fact that we now have to integrate this in a way in every facet of our lives, right? In healthcare and how we handle our financial services and how we manage our homes, right? In our jobs, if you will, right? And so no matter what industry that you're part of. And so this is a big opportunity for the workforce. I mean, as a, you know, as a, as an employer and as a, a partner who is, you know, heavily recruiting from UConn, right? As a, as a fine institution, um, for me, part of the excitement is we all know that there is a war for talent. We all know that, you know, every company um, is defined by its culture and its people, right? So we have always been passionate about next generation leadership. Um, with an innovation center and with the approach that UConn is taking, they, right, we know that they will be building and developing next generation leaders, next generation leaders who are learned to be agile, um, who are tech savvy, who know how to innovate and fail and innovate and fail and innovate and fail and keep going, right, for, all for success. We know that in a public-private partnership model that their students will be focused on outcomes and impacts, right? Not just the cool research or use cases, but really on what does that innovation do? I think that's also another big power of these kinds of relationships and our collaboration. You know, we'll be able to collaborate with other companies, right, in enabling um, this next generation of talent um, to really lead us, right, to lead us in helping make lives better, right, on, on all fronts for all people. And so there's just, there's so many things that um, excite me about this kind of investment in students, right, in a very systemic way, because this is, 
you know, the new kinds of immersive experiences, virtual reality, AI, machine learning, data analytics, right? These are all, um, you know, next generation enablers to all of our futures, right? And, uh, you know, organizations and universities like UConn, uh, the governor here is a great leader, um, will help us pave the way. Um, and together, um, we will make incredible progress um, together. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. Um, I'd like to thank Anne Chow and Governor Lamont for joining us and contributing to a really interesting discussion. Uh, and back to you in Toronto. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand, or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.